Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. How are, how are you feeling today? Because we had a little moment there where I thought you were reading the questions, whereas you were actually just I was completely zoned out. staring blankly. At is this because you stayed up till one o'clock playing Zelda? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so um, opening question on this week's podcast comes from Daniel Robinson. Daniel underscore Robson, sorry. Um, my eyes, are, my eyes are going, me. It is the dark and light. Uh, Daniel underscore Robson, 98 asks via Twitter, would you become a vegan if that meant Liverpool would win the league? So no ham rolls. Damn, that's a tough question. Mm. Um, I'm. Here's the thing for me. Being a vegan must be boss. No. No, but it must be. No. no. Because you get the moral high grounds. Well, exactly. No, but it, because I've never known a group of people be more preachy about the thing that they do. You know, and I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you know, to, to have a group of people who are so bang on about it so much, you must feel like friggin' Superman if you stop eating eggs and stuff. I don't know. I'm not, it's not for me. Like, They're just what? reinforcing. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like when you've got kids and you, you it's amazing. I've got, oh, you want to try kids? Get kids, get married, all these things. And then you go, ah. Yes, ah. you now know my pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so. Are Liverpool never going to win the league again unless I become a vegan? Well, let's let's have that, yeah. Because there's look, Liverpool and my family are the two most important things in my life that I can when I consider it. Mm-hmm. But meat, when it's <laughs> when it's brought into question, <coughs> completes the well, it's the triforce. Meat is part of your family in some regards. I, I I never got quite so much joy as opening a payjack fridge yeah. and seeing the del- the culinary delights yeah, that await inside. We do it? we do fridges very differently, you and I. But yeah, the um yeah ultimately I really want to see Liverpool win a league title. So I would I would I would happily become a, a vegan. I just would hope I wouldn't become an absolute prick as a result. I'm not uh, saying all vegans are pricks, by the no. way. The same way that like but vegans are to food what atheists are to religion. Mm. It's like just wind it in, enjoy enjoy life. Just tell, you know, we we get it, we get it. No God, we get it. You, you feel a bit better when you're not killing animals. Just c- but crack, on, crack on. I don't know if I could give up a rare steak. Yeah, for the league I, title, Chris. I don't think so. You know, I I've waited. Here's the, here's the thing. I have I have meat every single day. I haven't had a league title in 27 years. Yeah. I'm hungry for the league title. I could I could go. I could. I've I've had 34 years of meat. I've only, of the 34 years I've had, I've only had, what, therefore seven years of Liverpool having league titles and whatever, so... I'm going no. I'm going, I'm not going vegan. That's disgusting. It's not? It's just not how you feel. 
Look, look, a league title comes around once a year. I'm missing out on a potential 900 plus beat meals per year. You know what I mean? When you when you weight it like that, it's a big difference. I could maybe go veggie. I'd be more excited to go veggie. It's, not, it's not even the meat. I could, you know, it's fine. It's 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 the all the other. It's all the other stuff that you're not allowed to have. Like I say. I can't have a. If you're telling me I can't have a dippy egg and soldiers, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of life's rare treats. Steak, it's, steak's fine. Like bacon it, and steaks, man. That's yeah. what it's about. It's about that's a, that's a man's food. Okay, so now that we've lost all credibility with every diehard Liverpool fan in the world, let's crack on with the podcast. Um, always let us know your thoughts on the. Things I might that start we a meat podcast. A meat. I think I. I genuinely believe a, a, a Chris Pajak led food podcast stroke channel would be an absolute revelation. I think people would love to see that. Just considering how many food related questions we get yeah. for asked via via Twitter. Um okay, so we're gonna have some more of your questions later on on the pod. Uh, if you're watching this on the redmentv.com, which you can, you can watch the full video experience of this, which is an extended thing. We will be answering normal questions plus we do a few extra because we love our subscribers. What? We forgot the thing. The prop. Oh yeah. I didn't even write it into the agenda. Let's do it next week, it's fine. No, we need to do it this week. Okay. We've got to do it so, this week. We'll have a little pause. Speak Out, is it called? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's not called Speak Out. It's called the Jag version of Speak Out that the entertainer sell for £2, which I've got. But uh, that's upstairs. We, we will we will, we will, will pause to go and collect that. We'll do that a bit later on. Um, but we won't because we've not prepared for we it. Will. We'll, just, we'll just pause and we'll just do it. It, okay. doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a 30-second pause. We can be five minutes while we just go and sort it out like... Okay. It's worth doing. I think it's worth doing. Okay, we'll do one for the people listening and we'll do because I, 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 I'm not sure. Be, all right, we'll work it out. It'll be fine. Stay tuned. You never know where this podcast is going to go. <laughs> I, I never know. If we don't know, you've got no, you've got no fucking clue. Um, so It's not easy to drink out of. Paul. Let's talk Liverpool. Yeah, so Chris has gone for... We have... We have I mean, we sold our stash of Redmen mugs. They're gone yeah. now. But we do have the office supply and there are a couple of mugs kicking around. You've gone for the two plastic cups. Yeah, I didn't want to do any washing up. Or use an Everton mug. <laughs> I had no class about this the other week, as people would have noticed. Um, anyway, so we, we don't do too much on Burnley because it, it's quite a long time ago now, but I, just before we move on to Man City, um, for me anyway, it was... And I guess this will be this will be borne out when we, when we play the likes of some more relegation and battle teams between now and the end of the season but it was it did feel good if only temporarily whatever to break this lesser team who do as it were particularly Burnley you know they almost laid the groundwork for how to do it against Liverpool at the start of the season it's been hanging over it's good to get a win against yeah, them yeah of course, of course it was good to get a win against them but I think you know had we been beaten by one of the top six sides or a couple of the top six sides this season, mm-hmm. I don't think as much would have been made about it. Yeah, you know, um, there's such a split because there's such a split. Yeah, I think you know, there's times when we've absolutely dicked Hull. Yeah, we absolutely dicked Stoke. Yeah, we beat Middlesbrough three 0 Yeah, you know, there's there's teams this season that we've beaten convincingly mm-hmm. for it not to have been a bad a mad thing because you know we we've won more games against teams from below the top six than we've lost. Yeah. And yet it was blown up out of all proportion. We were in a bad run of form. Yeah. That was that was the major concern. Mm-hmm. And we had we we have some serious weaknesses. Yeah. And I think the teams lower down the league are more willing to change their game plan to suit that whereas I think the teams further up the league. Yeah have a bit more confidence in themselves, rightly or wrongly, to go yeah. toe to toe with Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but but regardless, 
just for the social media and, and the press and all that, it's still good to get that off your it's back. It's an easy story, isn't it? I think, I, I, actually, to be fair, and again, this is why I'm kind of, I'm not, you, you can't have cast iron answers in football at all unless you are just an absolutely, I mean, Chelsea have kind of got it at the moment. They look just look unstoppable, don't they? Whereas if you're not that team, there's got to be constant questions asked of asked of you, and you're not going to get everything right week in week out. I do think we, I don't think Burnley are necessarily that, you know, because they're not a relegation and battle team. You know, they are very much they are they are actually now the type of team that we do do all right against. I think where it's come from is. It's the losing. It's losing to Swansea. It's drawing to Sunderland. It's those kind of things. It's the teams that are. It. It. We're actually genuinely weirdly bad against the teams that are in the bottom five or six in the Premier League, which I still think we need to. will mentally need to overcome. But particularly given the the way that we went from you know we, we went a goal behind, which is shit. But the the way that we recovered from that to go and get the win, um, if nothing else, it, it should be. If this was like the first half of the season, we'd be going, wow, that's a really good thing we've done there. We've overcome that. That was a that was a bit of adversity. Yeah, maybe a bit made by ourselves, whatever. But that's something that improved the squad. Whereas it's weird that now we're kind of like well, let's do it. Yeah. Well, well, we did it, it, look you, know? At, you know, early on in the season when we did it to Swansea, we we said exactly the same thing. Mm. You know, we went one 0 down. We were playing terribly against Swansea, and we come back with a twenty minute spell. That was the difference yeah. with the Swansea one early in the season. I think we beat them two one. We had a twenty minute spell where we were exceptional. The difference this time is we didn't have that twenty minute spell. We played shit the whole game and yeah. still managed to win the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on then to the weekend, Manchester City Lumen. Wow. Yeah, it, it, this is, I mean, this is the nature of where we are right now, isn't it? You know, it's sticking fast now, 10 games left to play. We, there's no, there, there are no longer any more games you're thinking, oh, well, you know, fine, we'll get, we'll just, we'll just get through this and what have you. you. You can't go into these games expecting a win. And even though we've got good form, generally speaking, against Man City, the Etihad's still very, very difficult. I think we a lot of that's been glossed over because we were sensational last mm. year, but we've only won there twice in the last ten years, one of them being last season. So, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a, a massive game which I know goes without saying to some extent. Of course it is. You know, I was pulling some stats together for the build up show um for later on this week and Klopp's got more wins against Pep Guardiola than any other manager in the world. Wow. So he's got five wins against Pep Guardiola, which is better than anybody. So, nice. you know, there, there are things, and, you know, Manchester City have struggled against us recently in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they beat us in a cup final and stuff like that. But, you know, we responded really well that week, didn't we, by going and snotting them 3 0 at Anfield. So mm-hmm. you're right, though, it's going to be a very difficult game. They've, they, they have slowly managed to get themselves out of. Um, that they were talked about as are they going to get top four, and now they're not. Yeah. Even though they're a point ahead of us, admittedly with the game in hand, so yeah. they're a good side. I think they've still got probably, if not the best, certainly the second best <coughs> squad in the Premier League. Yeah. Um. Look, they've got some quality players, mate. They're unbelievable, and and it's it's so telling about them that. You know, three weeks ago, whatever we were saying, oh, Sergio Aguero looks like he's on the outers. Gabriel Jesus is the one, and then now Gabriel Jesus is being pictured driving a mobility scooter around the Trafford Centre, looking rather forlorn. And Sergio Aguero's back in and banging goals in, and all of a sudden, Leroy Sane, who has been able to do the, they've done that the right way. That's what's the beauty of, of, of what Man City have got going for them that we really struggle with, is. They've brought him in. They spent big money on him in the summer. Loads of expectation on him in a, in a you know because he he looks so promising in mm. Germany. 
but no one's talked about him all year. He's just been able to come in, get some games, get some experience, and actually now he's starting to influence matches. He's starting yeah, to score probably goal. since the turn of the year. To be fair mm. to him, he's you know some great assists. It's his his skill, his trickery, his ability to beat a man, and you know getting goals as well. And you know as a player that I think. Nathaniel Klein's got to really watch his back this game because he'll be over probably on that side. We've got Sterling um, on Milner on the other. You know, admittedly, Milner did well against Sterling the last time out. Whether the game's going to be quite the same, I'm not 100% sure, but certainly our fullbacks are going to have a, a torrid, torrid time. And you've, you've got to say, you fancy Sergio Aguero to score against anybody, or at least I do. Yeah. You know, every time he picks the ball up, that's the, that's the difference right yeah. now between us and them is that they've got a goal scorer. Yeah. And I don't think we've got a goal scorer. Well, look, you just I had to look back to the, the game of the Etihad last year, which we were privileged enough to go to. It was one of the best times of me life. Going to that game, that first half an hour Brilliant, was just incredible. I couldn't believe we just kept scoring. But <laughs> just Aguero, he's sort in that game. What he what he does, he was he's just he's just dangerous. I mean, this is this is again, this is a soft analysis because he's been the best striker in the Premier League now for what four five years or whatever. He's the, he's the only player to score ten plus goals in six seasons of the Premier League in a row. Oh, the closest to that was Alan Shearer, who did five really? seasons of 10-plus goals. Yeah, so, um, you you know, you've seen that that dangerousness that you've talked about, but also the consistency of him. Mm. Uh, and in a season where he's actually been, you know, lambasted yeah. from some quarters. And, you know, the one thing that he still does is he still scores the goals. Now, yeah. he might not be playing right for the team. I tell you what, we've had Divock Origi and Daniel Sturridge up top who haven't fit in with the team. What's the difference? They don't score goals. Yeah, when yeah. They don't score as many goals when they're when they're not fitting in with the team. Sergio Aguero still manages to do it. Sergio Aguero, so good. He's, he's one of them, isn't he? He just, it's you know what he's like. It's, it's like like Suarez has got it. Best players in the world have the ability to just got best goal scorers in the world have the ability to go and go and get themselves goals. You can talk about you can talk so about true, service so or talk about service all you want. But um, you know, like and it's uh, let's cut the difference between John Aldridge and Ian Rush. You know, Ian Rush could pick the ball up and just. Batter, you know, batter himself through and and, and score. Aldridge was the was the poacher. You know what I mean? This is this is the difference. And Sergio Aguero is that guy. If he, if he wants it, you'll you'll go and get it. And he he'll just go shoots in the back of the net. He just shoots know? and he hits the yeah. bottom corners and he hits the top corners. And there's not much more to it. Like and mm. you know, he's he's also got a bit of that Frank Lampard, Joe Cole esque. It'll bounce off players in the area and go into the bottom corners still. And it's an it's an underrated skill mm. is just being able to hit bottom corners all the time and make the keeper work and even you know he's got other players there that if he, he has a shot and the keeper rebounds it the other players know that Sergio's going to shoot so I'm going to be first in there yeah absolutely it's um, yeah he's, he's, he's a I love him so much and he's the, way, the worst thing well, the, is the thing because we talked about it probably the other week and whatever and we, well, we've talked about it for a bit that if he was on the outs and they were looking to sell Liverpool lash, lashing <sighs> I would love I I would love Sergio Aguero at Liverpool so very very much, but I don't know. With Gerard playing in the ten and how we used to play with Torres, sure, yeah, absolutely, he'd yeah. fit right in there, I, wouldn't I, he? I, like, I wonder whether I would like Sergio Aguero from three years ago more than I would like him now. I mean, I, yeah, I for me, I get what you're saying, but for me, it's a statement signing. If we were to go out and do something like that, because yeah. there's other players there who want to play with Sergio Aguero because yeah. he frees up space and all that type of stuff for it's them. It's just another one it's of those where I mean, it's the, it, it, maybe it's that situation. Maybe that's almost the answer to the Firmino conundrum because you don't need to because like, the way we have of working against the top teams with Firmino fronts, you could try, you could bring someone amazing in. 
and that could completely go out the window. I'm not saying what you have, what you have works eternally for ever and ever because of course it doesn't. But it, yeah, because the problem with Aguero ultimately is the problem with Daniel Sturridge, except it's less obviously much less so. Is you don't you only ever get three quarters of a season out of him at very best. He's so very injury prone, and it's another Liverpool could really do with buying a couple of players who are just made a bit more of steel and less of cheese strings. Yeah, know? and look, it's, it's, it, it, you've reminded me of something. It's not on the forwards and stuff, but I saw a graphic last week. Um, apologies, I can't remember who it was, but it was about Sammy Hippier and the amount of games that he played for Liverpool. He averaged over his 10 years at Liverpool. It was either 45 or 46 games a season. Yeah. Now, that's more than the Premier League play. Yeah. It wasn't the 21-team Premier League as well and you've got Dejan Lovren who's averaging about 25 a season now well, the, it's a massive difference no exactly it? and this is the thing about this is where Liverpool have, have, are, are weak because the, what's the what is the key to a, a good side I think I think consistency mm-hmm. is, is Got to be up there. Fitness is obviously got to be up there. And goals. Cool. What, yeah. But, but what? Okay, sorry. I, it was a very, very, very question you've answered. That you've answered it tremendously. Given the thing. But in terms of you to build a side, let me say, what is the? If you're building a side, the key is the spine of that team. And the reason why it's the spine is because it holds everything together. But if you've got spinal problems, then it affects everything you do. You, you know, and, 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 and to use the body analogy, you can. You can break fingers and you can, you know, you can break arms and legs and you can do these things, but you can continue largely. You can still press on. You have a problem with the spine. That's, you know, I mean, that's that's that completely changes everything else you try to do off off the back of that is is entirely linked to, to that. Says, and that's what Liverpool have got or, or or lack is we just need from goal goalkeeper centre half two centre mids and a centre forward who are fit and capable of playing. 40 plus games a season mm. at the you know at a reasonable level of intensity that we're, we're requiring of them and when you lose that because you, you again what are you basing it all on you can swap I think you can swap and change peripheral players to your heart's content but you need those guys because they're the guys that carry your team at the minute like Jordan Henderson was that up until last year and now even he's becoming because he had this ongoing foot problem and what have you Um his heel problem, I should say, this planetar fasciitis or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, you know, sort of actually with Firmino to some extent, to be fair. You know, I think he's actually he's been pretty consistent. This is pretty much one of the rare injuries that he's had in this la- in this last yeah, week. Um, Lalana's been massively inconsistent, albeit better in, in the last year and a half. The goalkeeper's kind of been fine, but I guess there's a question marks over his level. And as you say, the centre half there, and this is where Liverpool could really do with. If we can find those couple of players, particularly from building from the back, because I I wonder whether the intensity of what we do in an attacking sense could warrant chopping and changing regardless. Yeah, look on the flip side, I think Manchester City have more league titles under their belt if Vincent Company's fit. Mm. You know, I think especially during the prime of his career and stuff like that, I think they've struggled to replace him at times during their seasons over the last few years and stuff. And look, yeah, we know that this is a problem, Paul. We know that we need centre-backs who can play every single week because it's not just the the fact that they're there, it's the fact that they understand that they'll garner with each other and that's that one thing, you know, we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago is we've played 50 centre-back partnerships under Jürgen Klopp in a year and a half. No, no. 50. It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Or 25. I Maybe it's 25, 25 with the two. It's yeah. definitely not. I was like, 50? That is genuinely ludicrous. Yeah, oh, we, don't, we don't have that many centre-backs Sorry. to play that. I, I told you, mate. 
So anyone right, watching on video? Literally, sounds... Chris has just had a major drinking problem. Um, if ever there was a reason to go to redmedtv.com to, to subscribe and watch the video version of this podcast, um, it was for that. Not the the added bonus content we give you every week at the end. It is the crest that you've, uh, you know, you, you and had, I burnt my lip. You did really both well. top and bottom. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited for this game in the, in in so much as I'm really nervous about it because we're in, we're in this perilous position now of the season where you claw yourself up out of a a little hole or whatever. And what what we could all do, having been in that hole, we could really all I'm sure, and this is true of life, could do with more just happy times continuing to flow. I had a I had a nightmare last weekend. It was like the I think it must have been the Saturday before the Burnley game that we played Man United and it was that feeling of we got ourselves back up and we got ourselves back into contention and we lost 7-1 to Man United and it was more and it was more that I can't believe this has happened. I never I never felt that this was I thought we were back on track and blah blah blah. But these are the fears that he that, that, that we have that you you we we just want us to be competitive. We want to make this top four thing and look dropping points to Man City does not does not end that in any way, shape or form. But the beauty of it is it you okay now? Brilliant. Uh, the beauty of the beauty of it is that this, those nerves mean we're playing for something, yeah. and 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 that's what you want. That's what footy's all about. You want that at the end of the season, don't you? Yeah. This is the thing. I looked at you know we looked at we were on ball seat this week and we started to look at the fixtures, and it's the first time this season I've started. I've looked at the fixtures that everybody else has got. The rest of the top seven, um, and Liverpool, and you're looking and you go Manchester City and Everton. If we can get through these two games with mm-hmm. the fixtures that the other teams have got left, we're on for top four here. Yeah. Because I think we've got, I think out of all of those fixtures, we've got less of the teams that are involved at the top end of the table and we've got less of the teams that are involved at the bottom. Now, for me, you want to be playing those teams with nothing to fucking play for. The ones who are on the, the, the ones who are, uh, to, uh, once they get back from the international break, largely they're on the. That's beach. who you want to be playing, yeah. and we've got more of those teams. And yes, okay, you can. People will say we've struggled against teams further down the league. I get that, mm. but the confidence that if we were to win against Manchester City and Everton, would give. And looking at everybody else's fixtures, Arsenal have got horrendous next three fixtures, haven't they? I think yeah. it is. And you look at it and you go. Yeah, we've got a point gap on Arsenal already. I'd rather have that five points in the bag. We've mm-hmm. got the two games and the way that they're playing and the and the fixtures that they've got. Man United, Man City playing each other and stuff like that. Uh, European football back back. It's a good time of the season to be a Liverpool fan, and as you quite rightly say, this is the type of feelings that you want at this stage of the season. Yeah. You don't want to be going into this stage of the season going. Maybe next year. Yeah, exactly, and we've had exactly. fucking too much of well, that. We, 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 to be fair, like those came out in January, didn't they? And, that, and I think they were a bit. They, they were right in so much as because obviously you know we had, we left ourselves with nothing to play for in terms of silverware, and that 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 is what it is. And that in that regard, people say season over. But listen, if you're if you were Man, I think if you're Man United, or if you're Man City, or if you're Chelsea. Given where they've been in the last ten years, I think it's season over in that regard. But I think top four is just such a. It's again, it's not a, it's not a trophy, and it shouldn't be lauded as such. But in terms of just getting Liverpool back to a, a not just an equilibrium, but a much higher equilibrium, then you know I wouldn't. I'm, look, there'll be no open top bus parade for a top four finish for Liverpool, nor should there be. But what it, we should be. We'll be, happy, we'll be buzzing for it, like you know what I mean. I'll be dead happy, and I'll, it'll give us that that excitement for the future because. Is it two and seven? 
we've made top four or two and eight, oh, something like that. It's not good enough. But it's not good enough. It's the promise of the like the promise of the manager, the promise of some of the players that we've bought, and you know, we just need we need that step up in order to to prove it because all it, it it's the narrative is too easily swung towards. Oh, look! Go, go back to the finals that we lost, and go back to the, the those key games that we we dropped points in. Go back to those games that we, we the, those the fuck ups. Whereas when you actually take a take a positive step forward, season by season, you get to write off all the things that didn't go right yeah. as part of the learning curve. So let's hope we get look, back for, to that. For me, right, we have been shopping in the Europa League bracket for far too long, mm-hmm. and you don't get Champions League with Europa League players. Or you can, but it's difficult, and it's difficult to do it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, I think you can. You just don't. It's it's harder, clearly, and it, it, you don't you don't stay a Champions League club with Europa League. Exactly, players, yeah. you need to be shopping in that in that in, in, you know it, from those though that pool of Champions League players, the ones with the experience, the ones with the you know the the, the skills to get themselves there and to stay there, and that's what Liverpool needs to do. And we need to. This is the thing, if. Liverpool get into the top four this season and we still shop in the same bracket, I will be fucking raging, Paul. Yeah. Because I want to see some serious progression. How do you know what the di- how do you know what the difference is then? Well, for a start, they're just better players. <laughs> but what, how, how do you how do you, how do you think, quantify that? I would say that you we I, we need experience in this squad. Uh-huh. You know, and I've said this, you know, we've had this debate a couple of times and stuff, is that stop buying the twenty three year olds who might get there. We've got to start buying players who are there already at mm-hmm. 23, not the 23-year-olds who who could make it into the Champions League and all that type of stuff. They should be, if we're going to continue with the way that FSG are buying players, at 23 years old, they should be playing the trade in the Premier in the Champions League. Already? Yeah. Okay. They can right. still have promise. You can still be young and you still be good enough to play in the Champions League. But is this not our, our problem exacerbated just as much by... Us being the club that buys from the, we're, we're just we're just instead of buying from Southampton, we're buying from Leverkusen instead. No, because I I don't think we should be buying from Leverkusen. I think we should be buying from Sevilla. You know, teams that have got experience of winning things. Who are a Champions League yeah. side. All right, they've won the you know they're out of the Champions League now, but they've been in the Champions League a few seasons on the bounce. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys have experience of winning trophies. There's teams out there that win cups. There's yeah. teams out there that win things. It's not Leverkusen. They don't fucking win anything. Yeah. They're in the Champions League because that league's weak. Okay. But again, I, 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 again, it's devil's advocate. We did that. We bought Moreno and we bought Lazarmarkovic. Yeah, we can buy better players than them. But what I mean is, they they would fit that mould that you're talking about. Yeah, they would, but I'm also talking about 27 year olds. Yeah, you know, I'm talking. I've, I've sat here with you many times over the last few weeks and talked about buying a striker who's 27, who's fucking good at his job. Yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, what my point I'm driving at is that I think that this we need to buy. We need to buy better players. Is a bit also of a the mark. The mark of his thing's not not really true, is it? Like you know, he's he, he won the league with Belgrade. Let's be honest here. We're not talking to them as a Champions League. So. No, no, no. But what I mean is, he won the league. With, he won the league with Benfica. He then played in the Europa League and got to. Uh, he got suspended for the final, didn't Come he? On, no, 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 no. But, but the point is, what I'm saying is, you're saying by by players you've got experience at that level. If you're saying Sevilla, then Benfica are just as Sevilla and Benfica are the sim, are a similar level of. I don't think so. I don't think they get anywhere near as far in those European competitions. To be honest, I couldn't say I follow Benfica in, in the European progression, but they are historically that a similar. They are a yeah, but his, they are historically, a Liverpool are a Champions League cup, but we've got no Champions League players. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I, as I say, I think it's it's one of them. I'm not asked about this. It's not about for me. It's not about the profile of who we shine, but it's more about because I think I, I I disagree in so much as I think there's a because there's ultimately there's if there's the right profile, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven year old, then sound yeah absolutely if we can get them then go for it it's not about that I think it's about it's about us because I think at the minute there are there are every year there's a premium there's a, a there's a limited number of those 22 22 year olds to go in 23 who are absolutely top quality and they're not signing for us mm. they are signing for just other other Champions League clubs basically and they're, and, they're, and they're evolving that way and so we're then Signing the second tier of those players, which means that the the the, the odds of them being a success are therefore low. Oh, low no, no, because yeah, no, as I say, right. for me, it always goes back to I keep can't I can't I, I will always go back to the Torres and Suarez arguments on that that neither of them would fit the mould of what we're talking about here, and yet they're the two best buyers Liverpool have made in in recent years. And if we went and bought the next one of them. We'd be all, but yeah, the problem is pants. we're not we're not in a position to do that because we're not playing Champions League. Well, exactly. Right. The, you're right. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, I exactly. agree with you, mate. So yeah, it's. Um, I think that I think that this notion of going out and buying the the pre-made is a dangerous. I disagree with that. Why? Oh, because I think you can go and get pre-made talent. Just because Liverpool don't doesn't mean you can't do it. No, no yeah, yeah, true. What I mean is, I think it's it, what I'm saying is it's dangerous in so much as you. If you're buying a 27, they automatically have to do exactly what you need them to do mm. because you you're not you're not buying a 27 year old who doesn't tear around the pitch and press and do that and then turn them into a player who tears around the pitch and presses. That's actually more difficult. It's more difficult to mould. To you need, you, if you buy a 27, they need to be a fucking absolute perfect fit for it for you. Whereas you buy a couple of years younger and you've got those, you've got that time yeah, to look, make them. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy, Paul. I'm just saying that you can because look at Ibrahimovic this season, mate. Yeah, he's doing it. You know, he's much older than that. There are players out there that you can go and get that can do these jobs. You've just got to find them. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not saying for one second they have to be playing Champions League football. It's you just, just said that? It's a, for me, I would like to see more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to see more of that. There's yeah, nothing absolutely. wrong with that. No, like, you know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's one of those, isn't it? Ultimately, with transfers, I think that's the... It's more about... What we what we will need to do. It's less about profile. It's less the. I still I don't think that the profile of the the ages is important. I agree that we could do with. We could do with one or two players who've been there and done it because that's what Man United have done. That's what they've done with Zlatan because you could go and get someone to score twenty goals a season. But what he's done is they are putting a sticky plaster over this the 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 the, the growing wound that is lack of league winning experience that's mm. growing in that squad uh, and he's kind of there to kind of drag up the other lads in, in the absence of all the players that they had that they, they binned off um, the older generation you know your gigs and your villages and your Ferdinands etc etc what it's important for us to do is get the right just get the the right players for what we do because again I come back to Sadio Mane again you know if we wouldn't based on that mould we wouldn't sign Sadio Mane if we were buying players, because we'd have all we'd have gone all in on Gator. No, you know no, I, mean? I think yeah, look, I think you've you've kind of taken what I've, I've tried to say wrong, or I've not explained it well enough. I'm not saying eight players coming in need to all have that, but I think one or two do. Yeah, 
and that's that's the difference. You know, we're talking about a spine for a side earlier yeah. on. You're buying that. Yeah. You can fill the rest out with what you want. Yeah. You can fill the rest out with profiling, but we need a focal point to this team. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for Liverpool to do this summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see. Like all I was, all the only point I'm making is like, as with anything, I think it's it's such a it's such a nuanced situation that anyone who goes, we need to buy and 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 defines it wholly as experience or, or ready-made yada 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 there's been there's as many examples of ready-made players absolutely going tits up as there are of the of course of, the, of, the, of course there's but there's just as many examples of players who are 23 well, coming into clubs who fail well, exactly, this is the transfer market we're talking the, about exactly that's the point i'm making life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, so we will move on. There was a tweet that came, came in to me um, this week from How Cholaikda. Um and he basically says, do you think Liverpool need to do a massive clear-out and spend big to bring in quality? I would sell dot, dot, dot. And he sent me a, a graphic. I'm going to see if I can get through this in one breath. <coughs> Manning, Bogdan, Mignolet, Lovren, Clavin, Randall, Sacco, Flano, Wisdom, Moreno, Lucas, Milner, Grujic, Chan, Stewart, Sturridge, Ings, Markovic. That would have been easier if I, if I wasn't struggling to breathe with this cough so much. <laughs> um... And then, and and we we were talking through this on the train uh, yeah yesterday and saying I think so many of these are absolute uh, are absolute givens um, because that uh, by large it's the ones that are out on loan or the ones that get into that age range now where you're thinking whatever we'll just go and buy somebody who does your job job better um, and of those therefore I think the the the, the nailed on obvious ones Chris are Bogdan Randall uh, Wisdom. I think Lucas, Stewart, Sturridge, and Markovic. You could maybe make a case additionally for I think Flanagan, and, and Sacco seems almost almost certainly. But just because of, because I wouldn't put it past him to have an amazing to have an amazing rest of the season, Crystal Palace, and there still is the Klopp has still left that door open by all accounts. Um, is there anyone there that you think because that you think it absolutely it's a ridiculous shout to sell first and foremost? Um, no, not not a not a completely ridiculous shout. Um, the only one that comes close, well, there's 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 
three, four maybe that come close. But I can understand. I can, look, I can understand reasons. It's Ings, Chan, Grujic, and Milner for me. Mm-hmm. Are the four names there that I'm not looking to sell. Lovren? Um, no, not bothered. Mm, it's not that I'm not bothered. It's that he's a really good backup centre back. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, sell him. No, keep him. Right, okay, make him, third, make him third or fourth choice. Yeah. That's what you want to do with it. Why are we afraid to have a squad? Yeah. Well, this is my yeah. th- th- exactly. This is the point on this is that we Liverpool do not Liverpool. Liverpool you sell them. We've got Matip, by the way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and Gomez. Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't fucking well, joined like, in the Premier League? Has he? In there as well. Yeah. So yeah, just let me just I'm quickly because I think the the Manning shout. I don't. I don't so think I, it matters. I tell you what. While you while you work that out, I'll go through the ones that I would sell. Uh-huh. I would sell Adam Bogdan, Alberto Moreno, Randall, Sacho, Wisdom, Lucas, Stewart, Markovic, and Sturridge. They're my absolutes that I'm selling. I've got how many is that? That is three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Believe it or not, ten. And I'm I'm worried at that point. Um, and unsure's I've got Manninger, Mignolet, Flanagan, Chan based on contract, Brannigan, Kiravea, and Allen. So I think I've included more players than him. Alan? Yeah, Alan oh. Rodriguez. Because okay. we're not sure about his work permit yet, are we? So that's why he's unsure. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm thorough. Sure. I've pulled the entire squad up and oh. I've left no stone unturned. Okay, go ahead. Um, so look, Manninger, the reason I'm unsure because I don't know what the plan is with him. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, I'm keeping Carius definitely. I'm keeping Ward definitely uh-huh. uh, until we've had a look at him or until until whatever. I'm unsure about Mignolet because I think he's having a good season, yeah. to be honest with you. And But then there's an inkling in me that says, look, he's not good enough for Liverpool Football Club, I don't believe. Are we best selling him now while his value is probably going to be as his highest? Yeah. Or if he sits on a bench for a year? Then his value plummets, yeah. and I think if, if that's the case, if Carius is going to be the number one next season, you probably look to ship Mignolet out while his value is high. Yeah, absolutely. And like the Manninger one for me, it's it's it, 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 it's it's not even worth the effort to type his name into this for me because who cares? Who cares where the Manninger stays? You're not getting any money for him. You you're not the, selling him. Are the, you? Exactly. The, he's probably on. He's probably on a coach's wage. Yeah. As much as anything else, like so, and from the, actually, funnily enough, the the praise that's come out of him for him recently, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, like um, we took we was to whether Jean Michel Ferry being the um, the spy in the camp, it wouldn't shock me if like if they really like Achterberg, and they love his his work ethic and all this, but they've got Manager in just to be around and have a look and, and tell to, to so. feedback on what is what he what he's like as a goalkeeper Maybe coach. So. You never know. But either way, I, like, like I say, Manager. Who gives, who gives a shit whether he stays or goes, let's be perfectly honest, because he doesn't contribute to the, the, the actual playing time anyway. Yeah, you're right. Um, <coughs> Bogdan yeah, is an absolute uh, is an absolute shoeing because Klopp hates him and everyone else hates him as well. It's just whether he's fit enough to be sold because I think he'd done his cruise shit last or something like that. He came back, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you on the Mignolet, the Mignolet thing. The only, I, don't, the only, I would only sell Mignolet if we had a... If we were going to go out and buy a, an amazing goalkeeper, you know, if we were going to go out and buy it. Like, because I think, I think, I think we've done really well in the transfer market last summer. I think, you know, by and large, Paul Tompkins always talks about it. You got, at best, you get a 50% success rate in any transfer, in any transfer window. And I think because of the goalkeeping situation, that's one of the ones that's not quite, not quite worked out. But, um, because Carius hasn't proved himself one way or the other, and as you say, Mignolet's proved himself. Capable, 
I don't think I don't think he's good enough to. I, I, he doesn't strike me as a as a Premier League title winning goalkeeper. But mm. then players do surprise you. That's a, that's that's as much on ten other players as anything else. Like um, so, I yeah, I, 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 because they're both all right. I don't think it's it's such a heavy priority that it's something to be asked about. But yeah, I agree with that. If you're gonna if you were gonna sell him, this summer would make as much sense as as much sense as any. Like that, and but what a lot of this boils down to, Chris, is what you're saying there. This squad needs to expand, yeah, not contract. But I do get it by the same notion as that because, like I say, I've already put. I don't think it's worth. Well, here's the thing. I've I've sold ten, but three are first teams. Well, here's the, exactly here's the thing. So of that, like I say, Randall. Although he's had he's played like our game. I'm not counting Randall. I'm not counting Wisdom. I, I, I think we can count Stewart just about because he's he's been on fringes oh, yeah. at best. So you really look. I'm really looking at. I'm looking at Moreno, Stewart, Sturridge, and Mark, um, and Lucas, and Lucas. There's your four. To do who to yeah, and I, I to, to be go. fair, I didn't really count Stewart to begin with, but yeah, that's probably wrong. You mm-hmm. should probably be counted. Um, and uh, the the only one of them who might again, I think Sturridge will go because I think Sturridge has to go. He's an asset. He's he's fifteen million pounds of player that we're not getting any use of and we could put towards someone who actually does exactly what we need to do. Stuart Fringe at best. I think he's had a little look and if he was if he was better we'd we'd have seen more of him. Um Lucas will go and I think he'll go with everyone's blessings and go and have a, a full season somewhere, a couple of a few good seasons yeah, hopefully yeah. somewhere else. The Moreno one is the only one of the first teamers there because I, I like I say I disagree with Milner Grujic, Chan, I disagree with Ings, I disagree with Clavan, I disagree with Lovren. Maybe Clavati is it? We'll put a we'll put a little hash by him and say, if we were to buy another bot, we went out and bought a boss centre back. <coughs> I don't think we need. I don't think we need Clavan if we want to give Gomez time. But you know, this is the thing, though. We've talked about it already, Paul. And I I think we're probably better going into the season with five centre backs. Um, yeah. you look at Lovren's injury record. You look at Matip's injury records. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we've got one more, Joe Gomez. We still don't really know mm. what's going to happen with him. You yeah. know, two big injuries now, isn't it? Um, was yeah. it is it it's one? Is it one? Didn't he get injured when he came back? He did, but like, it wasn't like a, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like his. Yeah, so I'd still, I'd still keep Clavin around because again, he's probably not on a lot of wages just for that little bit of security and cover. Yeah, I, I think, I think that yeah, I, I get it. It will depend on if we buy anyone else and what the decision is made over Sacco in the summer. You would suspect Sacco will just go because there will be no shortage of takers for him. 20, if he has a good fifteen season. to twenty million quid, exactly. If he, if he plays well for Crystal Palace, um, but the the Moreno one's the only thing for me there, and a lot of this depends on how how many players we're comfortable bringing in because. I, I, this, I mean, I know this. This is the. This is theoretically the last transition summer, almost as it were, because this is where you go from your build up, and then you you create a squad that it just in the base level of in terms of numbers should be able to be competitive and on the European mm. front as well. So we do need more <coughs> more players, and there's a balance. That's what the, you know. I would like to. I would like to get battle well where Liverpool only need to buy two or three really good players of summer rather than having to buy seven every single year and worry about how we embed them into things so I, so I get back I come back to the Moreno thing is he probably should go for similar reasons to Daniel Sturridge to be perfectly honest he's an asset that we can we can get money off but um, it wouldn't shock me to see him stick around because if you look at the players who are just he's just a nothing is he you know what I mean he's there he does he's he's okay I don't know. I, I, he, we don't. My, my fear is we get rid of. We just get rid of too many, 
and then we're faced with another here we are starting from scratch again kind of summer and trying to teach as many players new players what we're doing as we've already got players who, who know it if that makes yeah, sense yeah no, it makes sense like is there anyone else do you think there that you would that we've not because you mentioned you obviously you're, you're like you, like you did bring in the Alan Souza Rodrigo the Souza who was it yeah Brannigan was one that I was unsure of because yeah. I don't really know what's going on with his career I'm, I'm pretty sure honest with you I'm pretty sure he'll go as well um, Kiravea will go uh, as well exactly um, and Flanagan for me was, was my other unsure other than yeah. Lignolet and Manigan <laughs> Flanagan Flanagan is the one I, I, I wonder I don't because I've got no concept of where he at where he's at anymore he's one for me and I've said this is that if he's Back to a level where he's capable of playing football again, uh, on a on a regular basis, and we are, and he, I think he could be a good transition, good transition player in that regard. Is that maybe because of let, let's use the Moreno example or whatever? If we needed to get rid of someone else, yeah, you, what what harm is there in keeping John Flanagan around to be that guy who maybe plays? A handful of games, you know, he plays all he plays all the cup competitions, or he but and, and I don't know where quite. I don't know in this system that we play. I don't know where he would necessarily fit into that. It's funny, isn't it? Because you know, the Echo did this thing on Trent Alexander Arnold taking over from Nathaniel Klein and Woodgen. I think you know, quite honestly, I think it's shit journalism. I think there's no there's no story there. Nathaniel Klein's the starter at right back for Liverpool, but the way that normally you'd go, oh, well, you know, he can do a job at left back and all that. I think Kleine can do a better job at left back than Milner, mm-hmm. and, and you know he's playing exactly the same way. You know he'll be cutting inside probably on his right foot in much the same way that Milner does. Mm-hmm. You know he's not going bursting down the wing in it and left yeah. foot left foot crosses in, which you know Milner does a little bit of. Maybe he'd do a little bit more. Off, but yeah. yeah, you know, so you you could end up in a scenario where we got Trent on one, Kleine on the other if we don't sign a left back, and mm-hmm. you know Flanagan can 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 fit in and behind them, Milner can slot in behind them. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd, yeah, the, with the the Flanagan thing, I just it's just it's just his passion for it that I love, and he clearly wants to do it. And as I say, if he's if he's going to go and play a handful of games in the Premier League, regardless. He might as well. He just might as well be on the might, might as well be on the books because he's not. He's never going to be a bad influence. He's going to be better for us than he will be for a Burnley exactly. because of, because of that passion. Yeah, that exactly about. that. And like I say, I don't know that he necessarily would fit in. The only other thing I could see him doing is, I'd almost maybe not. I wouldn't want him anchoring the midfield on his own or anything like that. But I think if you wanted someone, if you had those big games, you wanted someone. You wanted that influence of someone who just enjoys going in and putting the boot in and doing whatever I think he could do it and force a job alongside someone who do carry a bit more water but I'm not, I, um, sure. I'm not sure I could get behind that to be honest but it's it's that uh, oh yeah it's 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 just a shame if he was just a little bit a little bit faster I think there'd be no there'd yeah. just be, be no I issues think, over the, I think the thing for me with with the you know and because we're talking about Flanagan I'll say Flanagan but I think a, a lot of the things that we've got and a lot of the problems that we have as a, as a possession-based team is you need those midfielders to really be able to pass the ball really well. And you'll also need it in the centre-backs because one minute you can be attacking, uh, but you've also got to be ready to actually be involved in the possession because it will come back to you. Yeah. So you've uh, you've got to be far enough away from your, let's say your, let's say your Ragnar Klavan or your Joel Matip, you've got to be far enough away from the centre-forward to be able to offer a pass, but also close enough to them in case you lose the ball. Yeah. And I think that's where we really struggle this yeah. season. And I don't think that like Flanagan's he's good positionally, but I don't think his passing's good enough to play that DM role. Equally, I don't think uh, you know our centre backs 
Clavin's really good on the ball, but he's not fast enough to catch up with centre forwards if yeah. we do lose the ball and we break. And I think that's part of the reason that we're so bad in transition yeah. is because they're playing in such a way where they really have to back the midfielders up. Yeah. Yet they they also have to keep an eye on the on the centre forwards. I think that's why we struggle in transition. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Thanks. The um, but yeah the yeah I, I to say that the, the Flanagan stuff I would love I would love to be able to go yeah God absolutely John Flanagan back it back it and the, the only thing I would say about about Flano is that he's proven so many people wrong time and time again when he's been given the chance to do it I think we from you know we based on initially when he was like 16 17 and okay impressive for a kid that third, that going into that 13 14 season. Nobody had him anywhere near our team. No, nobody had him anywhere near there. And then, he, but he absolutely owned that left back, that left back slot that season. And maybe, maybe it's just one of those things. Those people's times pass. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But it's one of them that he, he, he definitely possesses something. And sometimes that that does that will to succeed can make it a can get more out of you than anyone can possibly know. Fingers crossed, like I say, I'm, I mean, it would be sad to see it go because I do, I do think we need more. We do need some local lads in the, the side, but that's on. That's probably more on sense to, to step up and be that as much as anything else. Um, so, yeah, very interesting one. Let us know yours, actually, if you the players that you would absolutely unequivocally get rid of in the summer and then go through your through your rest of them as well and see how many you come to because that 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 is I think there's there's very much a tipping point where Liverpool can't actually afford to rid themselves of too many players because there's so if, if we're thin on the ground now imagine when we've got you know potentially another 10 games or something to play next mm. season as well so yeah thoughts in that in the uh, in, in the comments or tweet us at the Redman TV um <clears throat> so get in the bin this week. Um, I just I don't want to do too much on this because uh, I know we want to do the the speak out stuff. But I got an email from Richard Harrison, which I just want to quickly read through. Um, he says, "I am writing to you guys for an incident at the match yesterday, which left a really bad taste in my mouth. So much that I found it hard to enjoy the second half." Uh, he said, I "Take a seat, my seat in the main stand." And there's a guy next to me. He's like, "Do you know all the song we?" And I'm like, yeah, I do. We get a few chants going together. <laughs> it was a bit odd, but he wants to support the team. And I'm always frustrated in the main stand at the Prawn Sandwich Brigade. So I was fully with him. Uh, anyway, so about 39 minutes, we're one down. It's deathly quiet. And despite our efforts, only a very small handful of fans get in on the chance. Now, I'm not condoning what he did next. He was being a bit of a bell, to put it bluntly. But he turns to the crowd and he goes on this expletive rant about people not singing. I've felt the frustration myself, but I've never turned to the crowd and give a few thousand people a bollocking. So I got where he was coming from, even if he conveyed it spectacularly poorly. Next thing, everyone starts giving him shit, telling him to sit down. A few shouts of, I've sat here for years, fuck off, came his way. Loads of people taking the piss out of him, saying they're going to take his walk and stick and all that. Basically, a few rough lads defaulted to being dickheads to him because he was a bit weird. What saddened me most was, he goes down on 44 minutes into the concourse and he never came back. One of our own fans, he was trying to sing, get the crowd going and eventually blows up obviously felt too embarrassed or too scared I don't know to come back to a seat in the second half so for the whole second half I'm practically sat there silent and nobody singing any songs and I couldn't forget the fella never wow. returned is this is is that what it's come to now with our own fans that someone's showing passion someone trying to make noise and support the team get absolutely slated and feels that he can't come back to his seat um, yeah fantastic question from uh, Rich Harrison there um, wow yeah it's terrible yeah and I uh, I go, I'll be perfectly honest, I go kind of two ways. I go two ways on this because I think the fundamental of it, I totally, like I think like Rich is saying there himself, I, I totally agree with this, that people who, <coughs> people who want to sing should be 
should be lauded. You know, anyone who goes there and is prepared to make noise, they're they're the people who contribute to to, to Anfield. And there's no, for, there are, whilst there are loads of people who don't like singing, they don't go to sing. And I think there is a place place for that in football in football grounds. Particularly, that's what the side stands are for to some extent. Um, I, 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 there is a direct correlation between the best atmospheres in Anfield and the best results. Um, so yeah, for me, I'd always, I, I, we need, I, I always feel we need to be as inclusive as possible with people who want to make that that noise, Chris. Yeah, I think that's that's fully right. You know, I think I feel terrible for the for the lad, and I feel terrible for Rich as well. To be honest with you, I mean, he's gone there. He clearly wants to get involved in the atmosphere. The, the problem is, you cannot in this day and age turn around to anyone, but mostly scousers and fucking shout at them and swear at them because mm. they will shout back. Yeah. Because that's what we're all like. Yeah. Because you we don't we don't we don't take no shit yeah. off anybody. So if he was expecting to stand up and shout at people and them just to turn on sides, he doesn't understand scousers. Because yeah. scousers hate being told what to do and they hate being fucking sworn at. People in general don't they? I think that's the issue with it. And is because I was thinking about this because I, I I think we've been getting wound up by this the atmosphere thing and the singing thing quite a lot quite a lot because I, I thought there was a real natural um, build happening this season I noticed like there's more people popping about the seats and screaming shit at the pitch and all this kind of stuff I just felt like something was building I really felt like that dropped off a cliff um, because of because of the performances in January and what have you um, and I've thought about it I said to you the other week there was a couple of lad and a dad and lad the lad must have been in his mid-twenties or whatever and his, obviously his older dad and he was, it, was kind of a bucket. it was a big game not too long ago and he was sat in the seats next to me which has been a rotation of people there this season and they just stood there with arms crossed for the whole game and didn't sing once and I very nearly turned around and went do you know the words and I, and you know, ultimately, what are you, what are you getting out of that? You know, that's just me being that that is me being confrontational, me being a prick. Now I agree that it's like if people if people are clearly tourists and they're wanting to sing but they're not sure, there's a balance between saying, "Do you want me to, do you want to help you sing along?" Or do you want me to get, to give you a hand? Because I think there's something to that. But I think there's an there's an approach to it, and I think that creating a schism in our fan base where we turn around and bollock people for not. And I agree, people have got to want to do something, Chris. It's like, like my wife always says, I don't want to tell you to do it, I want you to want to do it. Mm. This is talking about washing the dishes, by the way. Um, but I think that's the big, the biggest issue we've got, is finding a way to encourage the people who are maybe too scared or sitting on the fence. I think there are some, there are just some steadfast people who won't sing because they've never sung, the dad's never sung and the granddad's never sung, and that's what going the match is for them. Yeah, you're not going to change those people. The club can do things to change where people are sat, and they can put people together if they really want to. Yeah. You know, Watford have done it, haven't they, with that side of their... It's not a cop, is it? Yeah, the far end. The far end. You know, Watford have got a, a singing section that runs all the way down their, <coughs> their ground there, and I thought it was really good. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, I know there's a lot of people out there who don't like the, the sort of false atmospheres and all that type of stuff, like the drums give. I think when it's done right, it really does help. And I think, you know, just people banging on the back of the cop makes a big difference. Yeah. Why I nearly broke my hand doing it the other week. Yeah. I love doing it. it I, I, I buzz off when I see that my seat's right at the back or right at the side. I'm yeah. like, yes. This is why I move seats. I enjoy this type of thing. This is what you get, and you can pick people out, and you know you can. You, if you start singing before the game, you could while everyone's sat down or, or getting to the seats, 
and someone else's, you can almost pick them out and you can give them a little nod or a little wink or you can just mentally note that they're going to be the ones singing with yeah. you. And the problem is, when you do start these chants, you've just got to keep going until people do. Exactly. And that's the, that's the really difficult thing because it's too yeah. easy to fall out after a line. It's a leading by example thing completely on that because I'm not, I'm not a chant starter. I'm not. But... If if someone if it's it, it's that encouragement and I love that feeling of because the guy who sits next to the other side of me he loves it he'll have a sing and there's a, we've got a complete like a like a tacit agreement between the two of us Back each other up. exactly you know it's, it's unspoken but if he sings I'll sing I'll, I'll sing with him and, and, and vice versa and then when you get the guys behind you going as well that's when you know you've got some some real power to what you're doing and it, it is just about it's about example and, it's, and that that is that's a shame to the because here's the thing. And that's on that fella. If if he if him and if he just if he just carried on, and him and Richard just carried on singing like they were, that's infectious. Yeah. And that catches on. It takes bottle because you do feel there was one there was one of the death game it was might have been the Burnley game and like I, someone sang a bit further in front of me. I'm going I'll have a go with this and I had to go and then it died on its ass after two verses and you feel and you do you just naturally feel like a tip because I can't get over the the. The being fourteen and going on your own, on your own, on your own. That that literally my my Evertonian mates' voices ring in my head whenever you start a chant that doesn't take off. Um, but th- there is that. I think I think in terms of the singing stuff, I think there is a. I don't think telling bollocking people and no, shouting at people to do it, it is not the way to do. Because I think some people look that are. There are different types of personalities in this world. There is not one size fits all. And you always have this with like, with, that's why the, the greatest coaches in football have the ability to bollock and also put an arm around players where they need to, to be done it. And that's the, <coughs> the the one that most consistently is more likely to drive people on though is just being part of a crowd is much easier. You know what I mean? So that that regard, so the more people do it, the more likely you are to do it because the less uncomfortable or weird you feel about it. And that's why the people who've got the, the, the biggest bollocks and the bravery to do it just need to continue to, to do it regardless. Don't be put off by the by the people around and you. And just try and remember, and this is something that's only come to me fairly recently, to be honest with you. No one turns around and looks at you. No one knows your face. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Honestly. When well, did you ever going. turn around to look at the person behind you? You don't. It's too it's too awkward. It's, it's not it's not a it's not a thing. It's not a thing. So you just gotta keep on going, you just gotta keep on going. And yeah. look, this reminds me of the Liverpool Echo stuff that we were talking about last night. Mm-hmm. You know, the Liverpool Echo put uh, uh, a very Tom tweet out that said, What do you think of this Reds? <laughs> <laughs> about a guy who'd be, had a, t- a snide little photo taken, he wrote down the words, so you'll never walk alone. And and, and they were... Sorry, uh, sorry, shit. there was a fellow who wrote the words, so you'll never walk alone on a piece of paper. Yeah, and, and took it into whatever stand he was in, I'm not sure what it was, but it might have been main stand or whatever. And the guy behind him, little snide, has taken a photo. Ah, look at this tit, basically, or whatever. I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing and I'm making stuff up there. He's taking a photo of him. The yeah. Echo have picked it up and said, what do you think of this? Shifting it towards, can you believe that it's come to this type of a thing? And Liverpool fans were straight on the, straight on it. It's sound. If he wants to come and sing in the, in the ground, brilliant. I'd rather he writes the words down because then he'll get them right. Mm. And that way you can sing and that way you can yeah. add to the atmosphere. And loads of Liverpool fans. I'm, I'm really happy that they did this. All sprung to his defence and some yeah. of the bigger sites and that. All got involved and the Echo have taken that down yeah. that entire article because I tried to show you it last night yeah. a couple of days after the fact and it's gone and this is the thing Liverpool has to be inclusive and I'm talking about people who come to watch the game all over 
if you see someone who doesn't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. put an arm around them, yeah. tell them what they should be doing. Go, go, even just go to them, you, you, you're unsure. Because there's a pub over there, I tell you, if people email and go, what pub do you go to? Go to the park, because that's the best atmosphere for singing that you can go to. If you want something else, go to the 12th Man, go to these. Don't go to the Sand, and it's the biggest pub, but it's not the best for atmosphere. Yeah. There's loads of places, and we should be helping these fans yeah, get involved, so. because they have travelled and spent so much money that they're, they're probably not there just to sit and watch with their arms folded. Yeah. They've spent so much money, they want to be engulfed and, and they have this atmosphere flow over them and feel like they're part of something yeah. bigger because they clearly do already. Mm-hmm. They've travelled a long way, they've spent a lot of money and I think it's it's about us as, as Scousers, as Liverpool fans who go to the match regularly to be inclusive of everybody yeah, and completely. to try and cultivate an atmosphere because ultimately all we all want yeah. is for our team to win and the best way for that is when all the fans stick together all put our arm out and all fucking champ for the team on exactly, the Exactly, that's it. You know, you can't, you can't, that's what, it, what it boils down to is you can't change people. There's people who don't, who don't, if you don't want to sing, you don't want to sing, I would always say cons- consider where you are and that's what my, my pet peeve is. If, if you've had, if you just because you've had your season tickets somewhere for ever, just because it's been in your family forever, things. May, I think particularly with the cop, I think things need to change. I think there needs to be an agreement of people who say if you're going to sit in the cop, you really should be prepared to to be a bit more involved in what happens. But <coughs> by and large, it's that thing. I think we need to make it. It's those people. I can say it's those people who look like me. I can say people people like me who. I've got no problem with singing, but I struggle to 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 work up the courage to be the guy who who, who, yes, who starts the song, you know. But if I, if people are, it's when I hear that it's the two, it's when there's two fellas around me and they've got. There's a, it must be a few years back. I see these these old scouse voices and they just start they, the but song. But they start it like, differently, don't they? On the field, and they do this massive thing so everybody can get involved in it. And you go, as soon as you hear that, it's like, Beacon, yeah. what's going on? I'm gonna fucking nail this. Yeah. And this is what you've got to do. You've got to listen out for where the songs are starting. I can't start a chant. I'm not a chant starter either. But if I hear that one thing that means there's a chant going, yeah. I'm fucking. I'll, I'll, like I'll join. Cat, I'll join in on any chant. You know what I mean? I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm mad for chants, like, um, but the. <laughs> it's weird because I can start. It's because I don't drink so much anymore. But I used to. Be, I could. I could sing in town. I could start do do a good the top gun. You know, you've lost that love and feel, and that was a, that was a bit of a party piece. But you know, again, in, in the ground, you guys, I will sing along with anything. It's just about making sure that those people who who want to sing are empowered to sing because the people who who can start chance feel comfortable. In, in doing that and so the thing for me that needs to get in the bin this week is making fans feel uncomfortable singing at football yeah matches. the chair's doing enough of that yeah absolutely uh, so let's get through to some of your questions one that follows on I think quite nicely um, and I apologise because I don't know I've got no I've got I don't know what these letters I don't know what alphabet these letters come from so I'm not going to be able to do but it looks like McCann I'll go with um what are your views on LFC fans outside the UK? Do you consider them, brackets, us as uh, as equals? After all, we do share the passion, frustration, and love the same as you guys. Cheers. Now, I do feel like this is a loaded this is a loaded question. I don't. I think the I'll answer this one because I think in the very simplest of levels, look, anyone who anyone who shares my passion for Liverpool Football Club, I don't give a toss where you're from. Genuinely, not asked. It's the people. The people I don't, the people I can't stand, Liverpool fans I can't stand, are the ones who who, who are passionate about it. The ones who follow. I, I don't know what their reasons are for following the club. Maybe it's a sense of just just duty and it's beating them down, and they don't get any, they don't get the same thrill from it anymore. You can have, you can get that from Liverpool as much as you can get it from anywhere in the world. That's the things that bother me more than anything else. Yeah, I think for me, I, I you know I, I've got. A, 
it's not it's not a different view, but it's a it's a reason for it's a different way of looking at it for me because I follow American sports and I would hate to think that people think that I'm not passionate about American sports yeah. because I'm from the UK. Like I've been watching the Minnesota Vikings now for 18 years. I'm 34 years old. Been watching American footy since I was about five with my dad. Yeah. So n- nearly the best part of 30 years, which is a lot longer than 20 year old. Americans because I've just been alive longer so I've followed that sport for longer I might not know all those idiosyncrasies about the sport because I've never played the sport Mm -hmm. but I analyse and I look into stuff and I listen to podcasts and I read articles and I read coaches manuals and all this type of stuff about the sport that I actually really enjoy and Mm -hmm. I think nobody could aim like you can't say oh you're not passionate because you're from no no you can be of course you can be I've got got an affinity with that club for whatever reason that is and if you've got an affinity with Liverpool and it doesn't matter where you from then look I back that it's it's that's the thing isn't it and I I, I have it whenever we 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 we're going tour in the summer and our games run at two o'clock in the morning if Liverpool's games run at two o'clock in the morning UK time I wouldn't I probably wouldn't support wouldn't support Liverpool in the same way I'm not getting up at two o'clock in the morning to watch it because that's just not that's just not our the the not the culture around it so when you consider the the not just the odd people hundreds thousands and upon thousands upon thousands of Liverpool fans uh, in all different uh, continents all every continent on earth get up you know the Americans are getting up and the, the Australians are getting up and they're, they're basically fucking their day they're fucking their week up to you know and they're killing the sleep patterns for nine months out of the year that's a lot to watch it to watch the look and I have my sleep I've had my sleep pattern fucked up for five years as a parent couldn't even do that for my, my entire time of supporting Liverpool. It'd be it'd be ridiculous. So no, that's the, the, the that level of passion I've got no problem with. Where I do have an issue, and this is the problem, on where I, I I my only fears stem from, are because it's the people who don't. It's the people who don't choose to embrace the scouse culture that is the heart of Liverpool Football Club, and that's my worry for Liverpool uh, in in general is that that will fade out. You know, whether that's because there's local kids who are not not who have lesser access to 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 football matches, or just the way football's gone, it's it's outpriced, or it's easy to watch it on the telly and, and blah, blah blah. That you know, no longer it's just too hard for dads to take lads to games. Mm. It's the way I was raised, you know, me, sitting with my dad and going going to matches and going to all, going to cup finals and all this kind of stuff. The point is, is that and it came back to it was actually one of the Long Ball Street podcasts um, not too long ago and it was uh, Matt who's on that and he's a Raiders fan in the NFL and he said along the lines of he'd love to see the Raiders over in not, no, the Matt, UK that's wrong well this is the point and it, my fear over it and we, we've, we've had a, it's been in microcosm we, we've seen with the managerial situations and stuff and we see it now you know the problem is is that because there are so many Liverpool fans um it would be it would be theoretically possible. So you put you could put it down to a public vote. There there will be more Liverpool fa- there are more Liverpool fans outside of Liverpool yeah. than there are in Liverpool because it's just a numbers game. There are only so many people within the city of Liverpool who can possibly support them. Now it, and, and mercifully the you know the, the 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 core of those people outside are just just share the share the same level of passion. It wouldn't be an issue. But my fear and whether it's founded or unfounded is. It, 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 it's a fear. You don't have to. Fears don't have to be founded. Is that if you put it to a vote, Liverpool to up sticks and move like American sports teams do all the time. Move the franchise bleh, to a different city or a different fucking country. That vote could my club could be taken away from me. 
by the sheer number of votes that it would exist outside of the city of Liverpool. And although that, again, that the odds that will never, ever happen. Never, ever, ever. But that's the, that's the, the, the point. Can the point I allay your fear slightly? Yeah. There will, I don't think there is a city in this world that has a higher number of Liverpool fans. So if it was going down to a vote for a city, yeah. I don't think anyone else sure. would win. But, but the point is, is that, yeah, yeah. But, but again, it's one of those things that it would be, it, it, it's easier to go West Coast to East Coast than it is to go any East Coast or West Coast to England, isn't it? You know what I mean? So it's like when you put a Liverpool game on anywhere in America, people from America flock to that to, to that game. And that, that's, that's the thing for, for me is that, and, I, and it goes back to like, there's there's too many people who you support Liverpool for whatever reason you choose to support it, but there is I think there's it's there's a little thing of like the people don't like the, the, the scout sometimes don't like the scouts to it or they they don't go out, they they don't embrace they don't embrace that culture enough. Um, and when Liverpool lose that, Liverpool stop being a special football club. And I think all football clubs are going that way. I think we've been re- more resistant to it than most. Mm. Uh, and that's the thing. That's that's just the, the double-edged sword of globalisation. You want to be a mega power. You want the financial clout to compete at the top end. You need fans all over the world spending dough. But we need to find a way to make sure that we don't lose our the Scouse identity along along the way, and like I say, yeah, that's, that's what it's it the heart of the club, isn't it, mate? <laughs> so yeah, like I say, I've got, I've got, well, like again, if that was just a question of what are your views on Liverpool fans outside the UK, it would be that that would be the answer to that question. But as as Macken says, there we share the passion, and I, I, that's the thing. I think the people, as I say, ultimately the people who do share the passion, because not everyone shares the passion, that'd be ridiculous. Um, but the people who do share the passion are amazing. I absolutely fully embrace those people because they're just us with mm. different accents. Um, and letters from our, the same the same alphabet sometimes and sometimes not. Um, <coughs> Is that the one there? Wow. Yeah. Daniel Robson actually asked our opening question. I've let you, I've, I've, I'll let you sneak two in here, uh, just because it's a really quick one. Can you guess how many times Troop says fam in a day? Um, I can Depends guess. How, yeah. how many times he talks, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Um you know the, the the funny thing is about him when we met him the other week when he was talking to us before Robbie arrived he didn't say it once he did not not to me anyway not when I was just talking to him um, and I think that because you're not his fan exactly I think that that's it I didn't call him mate because he's not me mate <laughs> do you know what I mean it's yeah. just it's just the same style of, of yeah. word isn't it yeah. so but as soon as Robbie turns up the fans had popped out of a machine gun like do you know what I mean but so it depends if he's you know if he's at a family funeral or a wedding or something my words hundreds of thousands if he's just you know walking and talking to a bus driver or something maybe not I wonder if it, I, I would say it's probably about it's probably three figures. It's probably about a hundred times a day. I reckon he probably says. I don't. It's like everything. Probably have your good days and your bad days. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So, ooh, this is a re- this is a really good one. Um, Andy Dunbar, uh, Al Dunbar, ninety one. Name your unsung hero eleven lads. Any formation, Premier League oh, only. So what we'll do Come with on. this is use this as our break. Let's work our way through it. So we'll go. We'll just we'll just talk. Our way, we'll we'll just talk our way through this. So, is there an unsung goalkeeper? No. I don't think. I'm not sure there is. If I'm perfectly honest, no. the one I'll throw out for that, Brad Jones, because of what he went through in his life. Yeah, yeah. The one I'd throw for it is Paul Jones, because. <laughs> 
He was an absolute. I look at this deck. I just loved him. He was such a good goalkeeper, and we got him right at the tail end of his career for like a three-game loan <laughs> spell, and he was fine. You know, he wasn't great, but it was. He was one of them that I, I genuinely, of all the backup goalkeepers we've had over the years, he was the one that we he shouldn't be like like Gary Mach-esque. If we got him a couple of seasons earlier, we could have got some really good years out of him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm happy for both. Marcus Babbel's the right back for me because he's just keeps getting, he just keeps getting forgotten about. Him. Yeah, I suppose. You know, he was integral in that treble winning season. He was amazing. He was amazing when he was at Bayern Munich. And unfortunately, he had that debilitating disease, didn't he? And, yeah, you know, yeah, and couldn't do it for any longer. But he's always forgotten about him. Mm. Always. Yeah, it's crazy that because I, I never forget about him because I, I agree with you. I, I genuinely, genuinely sensational. I suppose by the same token, almost like the. Rob Jones probably comes into it as well because we're going to, I'm going to film his side with Joneses. Yeah, well, um, the Rob Jones thing. I think he's more forgotten about because he was just eight years, nine years before or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Liverpool fans who watched Liverpool in the 90s will realise just how old <coughs> Rob Jones was. But yeah. again, crippling injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, left back. Jamie Carragher. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jamie Carragher, the centre-half. He was well class. Jamie Carragher, the left back. I like that. Stigging a Bjornaby. Stigging a Bjornaby. Okay. He's um, you, you, your staple left back well, shout as our stick. Yeah, I think it's it's only really since we started doing the stats and stuff like that. I mean, the guy had like mid 30s assists from yeah. left back. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my shout for Okay, shout. Uh, Centre halves then. Honcho. Stefan Honcho. 100% Stefan Honcho. Absolutely single handedly handed us um, an FA Cup, which was incredible. Um, the Arsenal fan. I was funnily enough speaking of troops, he was we, we come up and we were doing we, we, Wheel of Wank, which is out this week on Retro. Um he yeah, he still hates Stefan Ancho for the for the for the for the two thousand one FA Cup final. Partnered by Um I don't know whether I don't know whether he really is an unsung hero, but John Scales. I always like John Scales. But whether he's an unsung hero or not, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure. I thought he was good. Like. The Sotirius um, Kyriakos, the Greek god. I think he was a cult hero, not an unsung hero, yeah, yeah. if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, um, okay, let's say he's a, a cult hero oh, as well, isn't he, though? But yeah, he's, he's he wasn't on. unsung, was he, now? Uh, okay, let's go to, <coughs> let's just say 4-4-2 for the sake of, for the sake of argument. Left wing... Uh, Kennedy... Mark Kennedy. Fuck off, he was just shit. He was rapid he was though, shit. wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was if you have a Mark Kennedy, I'll have Mark Gonzalez. <laughs> he was rapid, wasn't he? Mark Kennedy had it though, he had, he had a good left foot. Like, and it, it, No, do you know what? No, he's, he's not an unsung hero, he's, a, he's an unfilled potential left winger. He was terrible. Um, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, left winger, unsung. Um, I was going to say, Ivan <laughs> scored some goals. Did score scored a few some, goals. Scored some really good goals for us and some really important goals. Albert Riera. Yeah, that's a, that's a good shout as well. Yeah. Did his job for the team. Absolutely. Um, completely unsung. Completely. Um, right wing then. David Thompson. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's a fair shout for David Thompson. Uh, it's uh, it's no, sad I that I thought my... you were going Richie's Partage then. Get lost, Richie Maybe Partage. because of our CM. I love Richie's CM. Partage, and but... I'm going to go down with the kids. Yeah. Save. Yeah. Um, the the yeah 
Who did we say? Me and Brace just got a complete blank there. Who did we say? <laughs> you said, hang on, let's go backwards. Wow. I said Richie Partridge and you said... Tom? David Thompson. There we David go. David Thompson. Um, yeah. My only, my only overriding memory of David Thompson is an assist that he played for a goal we never scored. And it was Man United, I think we drew 2-2 at Anfield and Paul Lynch scored the equaliser. And then when we went mental, I remember running running over the couches in my living room, running around in a circle. And um, he then played this like 45-yard cross-field cross to Paul into the back post and he put it wide and it was like it would have been the greatest assist of the nice. season and it never went that's like literally my only memory of David Thompson but yeah he, he was so he I'm, I've, got, I've got my centre back partner it's definitely not going to be yours and you'll know this story but no one else will Zach, Zach Whitbread <laughs> <laughs> the man you could have been well I could have been Zach Whitbread yeah, yeah. so for anyone who doesn't know the story my mum was married to Barry Whitbread who's Zach Whitbread's dad uh, he was a scout for Liverpool and um, so essentially yeah I could have I could have been Zach Whitbread um, unfortunately I wasn't and I'm not well um, safe unfortunately yeah I would have kind of liked to play for Liverpool true and maybe with some of them Whitbread G's. I don't think he's got the land, I don't think he's had the longevity though I'm not sure what he's doing he's probably still playing he's probably, he's still, still, he's probably playing. still going if you know what Zach Whitbread's up to let us know he's essentially my brother okay um, <laughs> centre mids <laughs> is Paul into loud um, yeah if you Want to put Paul into the Liverpool team? Like. Yeah, well, he was, first and foremost, I supposed him when he was there. He had one of those unbelievable records when and if him and Jamie Redknapp played together. Didn't yeah. they? they were, like, unbeaten for so long when they first started out together. But it was, I think it was across the course of maybe two years because, you know, they were just both so unfit all the time. Like, he came in and did a job for that team. You know, we needed leadership at the time. Um, I think he'd been to Inter Milan after Manchester United beforehand, hadn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was a player that I enjoyed watching because it's the type of he's the type of player that I, I like. You know, people who get stuck in, who fight and die, you know, would fucking die for the cause and all that. So I kind of like Paul Lins. Yeah, I, I always thought that was a bit of a fucking, that was a bit of a sham with regards to him. I thought, yeah, he carried that. He The whole, the governor thing, it was like he created this persona for himself, but never... A Liverpool player didn't seem to back it up. It was that. It was the FA Cup game when he when he went off injured and fucking who they said after him. I don't expect my captain to go off, go off and that. And we th- we threw it away, didn't we? As a result, but I I, I think it's a, he's probably on the fringes of unsung or something because he was technically in the best midfield in the world song. Um, but Momo Sissoko, for me, he that little that like two, was it like two season two or three seasons where he was just he started off because he started off and we were like what the fuck have we bought here. It just gangly and, and weird and couldn't, you know, offered absolutely nothing in an attacking sense whatsoever. And then we found this little balance where he just did the midfields running for them. You know, he was just, I feel like Vizabi and Stevie, he'd just be like, go and retrieve the football for them and bring it back. And the, like he, a lap dog. Exactly, like he was like, go on, go ahead, Momo. And he'd just go, like, he'd go off and go, like, pass the ball back to Stevie. go, good lad, good lad, Momo. Go on, sit, sit back for a second. I'm going forward. He, um, he was the least, like, for a, for a defensive midfielder, which he technically was, he was never. Yeah, you know, he was. Ne- you would never say he, he, he was shield. very sacco, actually, wasn't he? 
that's what I seem to. Yeah, a bit ungainly. Well, you just, you've, yeah, yeah, definitely. The, 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 I don't. I, Nowhere fair, near as Sacco as Sacco. Like, I don't well. think he should be on throne because he was in that. Yeah. In that. But I just by I was talking about him on yesterday on the Ball Street Pod yesterday. Really? Funny enough, because they asked me about uh, one of the questions <coughs> was pointed towards that, and Flav went. I I thought you'd say Momo Sacco, and the reason I gave to Flav on that was I can't because I just remember that kick up in the air against Manchester. Where's Manchester United? And that was just. I just can't get past that. Yeah. Like I can't remember any of the good stuff that he did because all I think about is you are so crap. Yeah. You've accidentally kicked the ball twenty five well, yards. That up was the point when, in when the he air. got his eye injury, didn't he? And the, when he came back, he was just never the same. Never the same player again. I don't know what that was, whether it was a fear thing or just a. I think a I'll, death you know, perception I, I think thing. I'll ex- I'll think I'll accept him for the the, the hardships that's gone. To, well, it's that, that thing, life, as I say. Like, even though as his technically his name was sung in that song of that midfield. Of the Gerard Alonso Mascherano, he did so much of the the dirty work for those for those lads that yeah. By comparison to all that, definitely there's probably some better attacking options. But for, in terms of time, please do keep suggestions coming in. But we'll move to the centre forwards then. Unsung heroes, centre forward. Titi Kamara, but he was cult, so yeah. he's the guy that I gave yesterday on the podcast. Carl Heinz Riedler, yeah. Not at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. He was that season where he, 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 he forgot, people forget he played for Liverpool because it was only I think it was only one year we got we got out of him. But he that Fowler started that season injured and as with Michael Owen burst onto the scene and he was I I I have no doubt in my mind Michael Holmes was as good in the air as he was because he played with Carl Reedler for a year because he was astounding for the little fella and the way he held the ball up and the way the way he used it. I didn't want to see him control a, a ball with his throat, um, which I wouldn't recommend. But yeah, he, um, again, I, I, I would happily see a better inclusion than Carl I am going to go with a player that everybody forgets that we signed, Nicholas Anelka. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm should have fucking I'm signed down. for us properly. Six month loan spell, not enough. Yeah, and went on to continue, to show that he was still a good player for for many many years afterwards. And yeah. it's such a shame he didn't sign. No, no, absolutely, absolutely ludicrous. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll go with that. We could work on. Yes, he's a good shout as well. If you if you let him, because again, he was a bit part player to those. <coughs> Paolo and Owen, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I suppose you. Yeah, I suppose you're right. That's a that's a decent one. Um. Right, we're gonna, we've got loads more questions. We'll have to do we'll have to do some of these on the on the video section of things, just in terms of this not being a three hour podcast. Um, one last question then, MVLFC nineteen ninety five. Name one player in the current Liverpool team that you could see at the club eight to ten years on. Trent Alexander Arnold. It's literally Trent Alexander Arnold, isn't it? That's pretty much, pretty much it. The the, re- the rest. You're only looking at the other guys along those lines, and that, that so much of that would. I just think it's the scouts factor, isn't it? The fact that he's a he's a he's a local lad it will always play into his into his hands in that regard. I would hope that we're talking about Rian Brewster and we're talking about Shea Ojo and, and whatever, but um, he's just he's young enough that we've not seen enough of him. So he exists in potential as much as anything else, and again, the fact that he's from West Derby. Um, I think helps as well, but yeah. Other than that, again, it's just it's just it's the age thing, isn't it? When you consider everyone else, I could I could put a case forward for Origi, but he's got to do it. He's got to do it soon. Yeah, you know. And if he does do it soon, then I can see it. But right now, I, I don't think I can see it yeah. because I've not seen him do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. All of those. I think that's a, that's a, it's an unfortunate 
situation where we're hopefully it's the thing hopefully in terms of how Liverpool are, be, are being restructured and hopefully in terms of the fact that Klopp and his boys are having more of an influence on the, the profile of the players that we're bringing in at the academy that we're bringing in from outside that there will be a more robust crop of players coming through I think you know I think we've seen it from the likes of Kev Stewart and your Brannigans etc etc where you've got a lot of slight a lot of slight lads mm-hmm. who Slight lads who aren't aren't particularly pacey are very technically gifted, whereas we could do with some guys who are who are athletes first and foremost, yeah. and then you had the skills on top. I think we'd be more inclined to see that. Just as I can't think of anyone recently. <coughs> do you know the other the only other one, and it's a bit of a harebrained one, Manninger. Could end up as a coach for many years <laughs> for us. Yeah, could be a, a shout. Um, and the only other one, I guess, and it's maybe not ten, maybe eight. And I'd be Hendo? Henderson, yeah. You know, if if he proves himself to be good at what he does, think, if he doesn't lose too much of his physicality, then it could. Be I think like you know, that. I could envision a, a scenario in a, in ten years' time whereby we're talking about Jordan Henderson, like Man United fans talk about Michael Carrick. Yeah. And you know, again, on that regard, like eight, cause just because he's a bit older, eight's probably a, a stretch, but like a, a Lallana, wouldn't it be lovely? Mm. As you said, like you know, you got these like Man United, you got these guys playing until the 36, 37. If Adam Alana keeps himself in good shape, he's not got, he's not got too much pace to lose. He could just be that, you know, that that you know, but that old. But he could still lose it. Well, no, that old, <laughs> that, old, that old cultured head to have it in and around the squad would, right. be, would be would be lovely. Right. Um, so yeah, we've got one more thing that we're gonna do before we um b- before we wrap up. As I say, we, we 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 touched on it at the start. Chris was really impressed with the Christmas game sensation that is Speak Out. Uh, for those of you who've never seen it play, I mean, obviously there's just YouTube for this. Uh, if you want to see us do this, which you won't, which you can, uh, the RedmanTV.com. If you watched it already, higher. We're gonna get these things out now. We're gonna give a go. I have no idea how this is gonna work in audio form. Um, so how long? Uh, much of the podcast we dedicate to this is soon to be decided. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to get something to put over the microphones and make sure that we we sit back a bit because dribble and shoes sometimes. I'm, I've not done it, but my mum dribbled uncontrollably when she was in the middle of this. Wow. Okay. What are we doing? Yeah, so what I'm gonna do from now on in is I'm gonna read out the questions to you and you gotta try and answer the questions. <sighs> Alright. Okay, so we'll do one of these on the podcast. Okay. The first time Chris is eager to get us in 2000. Which player was in Excuse me, can you repeat the question? Not really. We signed Christian. We sold Christian Ziga to middle. We signed Christian Ziga from Middlesbrough in 1999. Yeah. Which player was sold to Middlesbrough in 1999? In 1999. Which player was Paul Lynch? That is the correct answer. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Okay. Go on. I'll have a go at this. These aren't as bad as. Well, they're not as good as the other ones, which I should probably expect that to be honest. From what you're talking about. Let's see you, Paul. <laughs> On which ground has Liverpool won two 
your head. <laughs> Can you say it again? <laughs> On which ground? Hello, who? Until you're a heen cut. You're a heen cut. Um, Stadio Olimpico. Correct. Stadio Olimpico. <laughs> That's dreadful. <laughs> right, okay. Right, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we will... We will leave you there, podcast listeners. Um, thank you very much for for tuning in this week. I I genuinely don't know what that will come out like. Um, <laughs> let us know what you thought. We shout don't actually don't. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, we're obviously this, this podcast is now available on iTunes. If you would be so kind, please give it a five star rating and leave a review as well. That would be genuinely magnificent. If you've done it before, then review episode by episode. How do you think? How did how did this one stand up? Did you enjoy? the uh, that monstrosity <laughs> let us know uh, and uh, I say if you enjoy the podcast and you want some more of it every single week you can go to the redmantv.com where we do uh, this in video form with an extra 10 minutes or so plus three exclusive shows where we talk about the the match that's just gone we do Reds news and Chris looks into the Liverpool stats and uh, tactics as well out of the game so yeah if you're leaving us on the podcast thanks very much for listening walk on thank you very much for listening it's been an absolute pleasure don't forget to rate a review and listen so just to clarify, we do have plastic things in our mouths. This is not just being, <laughs> us being horrendously offensive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Please do look up, speak out, and be back here next week for the Red Men TV podcast.